And now, a brand new episode of Script to Screen, live on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard. Welcome to a brand new episode of Script to Screen here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. I'm your host, Alan Mahana, and we have a very special spotlight episode today. Um, yes, we are back with another episode of Script to Screen Spotlight. And by we, I mean me and... The solo to my Chewbacca had solo. Hello, that was very quick. Why I are you know. speaking so quickly? Oh my god! I don't know. I'm I'm just like I'm uh, I'm going through space, if you will. Oh. I'm uh, time traveling. Ooh. I'm uh, uh, running around for three hours in a crop field. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is a very prestigious day. It's a very prestigious day. <laughs> uh, a very very <laughs> prestigious day. Um, uh, we're, we're talking about we have a spotlight. I think for once we have a spotlight that's focusing on. Two Two uh, filmmakers, yeah, yep. um, absolutely. Kind of, kind of a, a show, a showdown, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, it's very exciting, it um, is. Yeah. because uh, on the one hand, you've got one filmmaker that, in my opinion, uh, seems to be or to start. Uh, he's he's sort of starting to repeat himself in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, thematically, if you will. Um, and then on the other, you've got a, a filmmaker. Uh, uh, where if you go and watch one of his movies, you you have a you, you get a feeling afterwards, uh, uh, which we've coined on this show, which is essentially you leave the feel you leave the film feeling very Villeneuve, yeah, if you will. Uh, I wonder who he is. I wonder <laughs> who. He, yeah, I know. I was trying to be very very coy about mm-hmm. the second filmmaker. So the two filmmakers are essentially Nolan and and uh, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve, uh, the fantastic Denis Villeneuve. Um, the cool thing is that um, I couldn't have this conversation with you specifically about Villeneuve without it. Essentially, inviting over someone who not only do I respect professionally uh, 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 and as a person, but someone who also adores yeah. Villeneuve, uh, who, if you recall from our roundtable, just went, Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve, was her reaction. Uh, oh, yes, it is a, it is a her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, our spotlight for once has a guest, which we haven't really done. I don't think so. No, this so is far. the first, first so spotlight guest. So this is the first guest. spotlight guest, which is, which is kind of awesome. The one and only uh, Yumna Nofo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for pausing before introducing me. <laughs> It, I don't know. I had it. Five step the momentum. Yeah, I had this. Like, I was going. I was trying to think of like the best way to introduce you, and then I was like, and then I blanked, and I was like, a person with a creativity collection. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wow, that's that's what I'll go down in history for. Yeah, <laughs> my legacy. The legacy of the fantastical. I mean, literally, if you walk into that room, it's like walking into Narnia. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The never-ending story. Except of there's DVDs. no lion. There's no lion, and there's no witch, and there's no snow. <laughs> oh, there's so many DVDs. <laughs> it's like, good. You have to come over. Well, definitely, with pleasure. 
So um, we brought you here today because we know what a big Denis Villeneuve fan you mm -hmm. are. You're mm -hmm. such a big fan. You even coined the term Villeneuve on our show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we wanted to share our love of Villeneuve as well because yes. we are both, uh, Hot and I are also huge Denis Villeneuve fans. Yes. Um, I don't think he's released a film that I've hated. Yeah. Honestly. That's, isn't that crazy? Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's insane. Uh, I think he is a filmmaker to watch. Um, I'm excited for for what we can expect of him. I think he's currently working on Dune. Yes. Is, which, I mean, that just, ugh, the goosebumps I get just thinking of Goosies. what... <laughs> of what he could uh, gift us with Dune is, is, is crazy. So where do we begin? Where do we begin? What was the first Villeneuve film that you saw? What was the... I'm trying the first, first, first one. I'm ah, it must have been. You know what? It must have been either Incendie or Prisoners. I can't remember. For you, yeah. Okay. And I, well, I was blown away by both. Although a lot of people did not like Incendie, I may have liked Prisoners a tad, a little more. Okay. Um, but I just remember, you know, it it wasn't until I started seeing a few of his movies, and uh -huh. then I put it all together, and I think it was right after Sicario. Yeah. Where I was like, who is this guy? Yeah. And it's so funny because when they announced they were going to remake Blade Runner, you know, not do a, a sequel, and I'm Blade Runner is my favorite, all time favorite science fiction movie. Yeah. I think it's a terrific movie. It was way ahead of its time. And I thought, okay, wow, who are who's gonna do that? Because after Ridley Scott, the you know, the, the expectations are so, are so high. high. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And I remember thinking, ah, they're probably gonna give it to Christopher Nolan, the whole space thing, and then they said Denis Villeneuve. It's so funny. When they announced that Denis Villeneuve was actually going to direct that, I knew there was no way that movie could be bad. It's, it was like, it, it's horrible that he's kind of created this because he's done so many good movies yeah. back to back yeah. that, that it's you kind of expect it of him now. And if he does release a flop, it's going to be gonna like... It's going to be insane if he ever does. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's, he's, but what I like about him, and I've heard him speak in interviews, he's very composed. He, he's, a, he's a fan of the movies. He's a storyteller. He's humble. I, I, I like him. Yeah. Maybe it's a Canadian trait. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, what I, about you? I'm, I'm not sure which, which is the first movie I saw, but the first movie that... Uh, touched me, if you want, beloved me, uh -huh. was probably uh, Sicario. Okay. That was the first, I think I, I think I had seen Prisoners and I really liked it, but I okay. never paid attention to who the director was. Yeah. And then Sicario came along and I was like, wow. Okay. That is, that is intense. That is such a good film, perfect storytelling, perfect directing. The, the whole fusion, the whole story was just, it made sense. And then, you know, bit by bit was movie by movie, and then we got to Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which I'll never forget. I watched in Vox, oh, IMAX. I, I was alone. I was alone. I, I wasn't alone, but I watched. I it was there. alone in the theater. Not, oh, wow. not alone, like there was nobody else in the well, entire theater. Well, well, when Dad and I watched it, it was like Dad and I and then maybe one other group of people, but that was it. It man. was like literally, and, and we were like, it oh, was my God. Mind people need blowing. to go there, man, and be Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. What literally. Is it with you guys alone in the theater. I don't know. <laughs> what time do you guys go? I, I think I went like in the afternoon, like four, okay. five, All right, something that, like that. All right, that would explain it, yeah. And, and unfortunately, in Lebanon, I don't think people are very Villeneuve yet, and they should be. Yeah. They should watch his movie, they and they should be challenged, and and you know like think and use your brain because it's not Johnny English but that's what I like about him is that he has kept it so far um, 
he hasn't done the big commercial stuff yeah. and the big the big the big blockbuster stuff that other directors have done. He's kept it very it's very refined and yeah. compelling yeah. movie mm -hmm. making and I think that's what I respect about him. His 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 filmmaking is just, it's refined. I don't know how to explain it. Arrival? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. that's where I was going. Because yeah. uh, that was when I got Villeneuve. Yeah. Okay. Arrival was the thing that did it for me because. You uh, had arrived. I, I, it just, <laughs> I'm a big sci-fi fan. Like, mm -hmm. I love science fiction. I love fantasy films. Like, I'm very genre oriented. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Arrival just flipped sci-fi on its head. Yeah. He just took sci-fi and went, you know what? No, 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 no. This is sci-fi, mm -hmm. right? He gave sci-fi an intellect. Like, no, I'm not saying that sci-fi is dumb, but he just catered to the, to the intellectuals. To the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like yeah. catered to it's another level. Yeah, another yeah, yeah. Level. It just, it just. He was talking about communication. He was talking about language. He was talking about listening. He was talking about you know, uh, family and love and sacrifice. And I'm sitting there going, "What am I watching?" Mm -hmm. Like. I, I, because I saw the trailer and I walked in probably expecting the same thing that other people walked in expecting, which was just another sci-fi flick, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. If no. if there was a restaurant, Villeneuve would be a three Michelin star. Yeah, like, that's like for me. I know it yeah. sounds crazy, but it's it's like, like it's to, like you know how they say refined. Like, He's just refined. He elevates, yeah. you know, storytelling. And his work is so clean. It's, yeah. That's it. That's what it's I'm telling so you. Clean. Like he's his precision, his filmmaking. The mu I, I, you know what? I remember a specific moment while watching Arrival, where like my heart, the music, my heartbeat was like I yeah. could feel my heartbeat because it yeah. was it was loud. It, it made you uh, claustrophobic. He he. There were emotions there that, you know, and I remember thinking, oh my God, this is, this is enough. Yeah. You know what? I, I remember thinking the same line that Amy Adams says in the movie at mm -hmm. one point. That's one hell of an introduction. Yeah. That's what I felt after watching Arrival and yeah. going, okay, Denis Villeneuve, that's one hell of an introduction. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like a way to, way to introduce yourself to me in the best way possible. Yeah. What did you think of the sequel to Blade Runner? Because there was a 2049? lot of... 2049? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Mm. Fantastic. I've, critic, seen, I've seen it like, fantastic. I've seen it like six or seven times. It's an like, over two hour. Mm. I think it's close to three hours. Oh, three it hours. doesn't matter. I mean, I mean, that's what I'm telling you. If you're going to do a movie of three mm. hours, you better yeah. you know, you know, better do it well. I mean, there isn't a shot in... I mean, I know we've jumped into... You had something to say. Do you, do you want to say it or did you forget? I kind of oh. forgot. Did I'll, you just I'll, get Villeneuve? No, okay. Oh, no, no, I'll tell you. I think the, I think the genius of Villeneuve is he's someone who pays attention to detail. Yes. And goes into everything. So like from the actors to the script to the music mm. to the editing, he's present in every single form within his movies. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's yeah. what makes him that what that's what makes him so powerful yes. and such, a, such a compelling director. I'm such yeah. a fan. I mean Blade Runner 2049, if you pause at any moment, the shot is insane. Yeah. At any moment. I mean, I mean I, I get that some filmmakers you get some scenes where you're like you pause and wow. No, no, no. Blade Runner 2049, if they ever release a book of every single shot I would buy it. Yeah. Because it's, and, and rip out the pages and put them all in frames and, and like hang And them. just live there. Yeah, just live inside <laughs> a visual museum of, of the beauty. And hope that Harrison of, Ford comes knocking. Of, yeah. of, on Solo, right? Yeah. Of, of Blade Runner solo. 2049. I mean, like the colors, the, he's so, you're right. He does pay attention to detail and it's like to the, from the smallest crack in yeah. the wall to so the largest, uh, uh, whatever. He's so clean. He's so precise. He's so clean. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, 
No, he, he's, and I'm very sad that Blade Runner 2049 didn't perform well at the box office. But the, critic, but the critics loved it. They did, but, but I would have loved to see another sequel by Villeneuve with the same storytelling and, and the same For Blade depth. Blade Runner? Yeah, because the, the movie ends with a cliffhanger. Yeah. And, and I would like to see what happens next, but if treated properly by, by Villeneuve and no one else. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's sad to see that I hope people. he. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's like if history repeats itself. Though the first one didn't do well yeah. in the box office either. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It, 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 became then it, then it became a cult classic. Yeah, it became a cult favorite, yeah. right? And I think it's the same thing. But the critics, they adored it. They 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 loved it, even yeah. though it didn't perform well. But then again, you know, I mean, look at Transformers. So you know, panned by the critics, performed well. So I mean, and then it, it got it Oscar it nominations. Mean, it got box Oscar office nods. is not everything, but generally with his filmmaking, critics do agree, and it's very hard to find unanimity when it comes to a film and a filmmaker yeah. but with him he's been so consistent you're kind of freaked out because you're like let's just hope he keeps that yeah. that that Didn't it also it not just got a nomination it won right Oscar for cinematography. I think, yes, I yes. think so. Arrival, I mean, Arrival was nominated for quite a few, quite a few ones. Uh, Amy Adams was nominated, I believe. And it wasn't uh, his only movie to be nominated. He's had other movies yeah. nominated, I think. Which, well. I mean, again, like if you were, I mean, he's already establishing himself as a very, very, uh, uh, you know, like a filmmaker of caliber yeah. and of quality. I th yeah, I think he's there. I think he's there. And I think people who are astute, and who are fans of movie making at its finest, uh, respect him and 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 love him. I mean, he was one of the judges on uh, at the Cannes Film Festival this oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, um, made our own our very own Nadine Labake get the the jury prize. Yeah. So I mean, you know, people he he's 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 going places. I think he's already there, but you know. For people but to he, know him more, he hasn't gone commercially yet. Maybe that's the big thing. Yeah, but that's, I, I, yeah. I was gonna ask this question: Is mm -hmm. like, if there is a franchise out there right now, or maybe I don't know, not even a franchise, but just like a, a um, uh, I don't know, like a book or a book series or or whatever, something that's out there in popular culture that you would like to see Denis Villeneuve kind of dip his little finger in, what would it be? I know already. I know where I would love to see him. I mean, he could do anything, can't he? Personally. He could do anything. But I mean, it'd be if he if he needs to go blockbustering, my God, he, is there anything he couldn't tackle? I mean, I don't know. talking about series, oh, what are you thinking? I would love to see him in the Star Wars universe. Personally. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say Star Wars. I, I was gonna say, love, I was gonna say, I was I gonna say, let, let DC see. he DC should hire this guy ASAP yeah. and have him save love, its universe. I would love to see what his brain would do within the Star Wars universe. I think. It would be something insane. Do you think he'd do it though? Because no, Star Wars has not. become so freaking probably commercialized. Probably not. Now. Not just commercialized, but it's also become very divisive. And it's so I don't think he would take that risk. Yeah. I think this is why he went into doing Dune because I think I don't think it's going to be a one-off movie, darling. It's a three Michelin star restaurant. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think <laughs> <He's> it's. <here. laughs> I don't think Dune is going to be a one-off movie. I think there's going to be a bunch of movies to come out after that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Here's my, it's not an issue. It's not a problem with Villeneuve. I love him, but he's not, he hasn't been able to convey to the masses. Yeah. He's very niche to an extent. He is. And, which is sad. So no. I would. No, I, sad? It's sad because not a lot of people are going to the movies to watch his movies and, and see how 
much of a genius he is. Yeah, but and you I know think, what? Why not? I think, I think if he tackled something not purely commercial, but a bit, a bit more commercial and got more seats to watch him and to know him and kept that level of movie making, I think that would be fantastic. Because he's not, he does that, he's not popular enough. Right. He's, not, he's known within, the, like us, we, we would know him. Right. But I'm sure like if we have a conversation with a lot, a lot of people and tell them Denis Villeneuve, they might not necessarily know who he is. Yeah, and I'm that's, talking what about, I like, think, that's what I think Sicario was though. The first Sicario was that little kind of in between uh, sort of. But do you have to go commercial in order to be recognized? I mean, I think that that's what kind of sets him apart. Why does he need to do, he's not a Spielberg, he's not a Lucas, you know, he's, he's Denis Villeneuve. Oh, he's Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> you know, he's not a Lucas, he's not a Spielberg, I was saying, and that's what kind of sets him apart. And I well, like I like that he's niche. He, but but more people should be aware of him. More people should know they who will he in their is. Own time. They will in their own time, I guess. I I don't know. Because here's I the thing. I think. I think if he does start, start doing, we should start a PR company for him. Yeah. If, if he starts, go vote for Vil. Watch Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Have you been Villeneuve? Yeah, exactly. Um, T-shirts and stuff. Oh yeah, I can see the whole campaign. Yep, yep, yep. Make movies Villeneuve again. You know, Villeneuve is actually if you translate it's a new, it from new, new, it's, new it's, town. In new town, new, it's a new, new city, town, new town. Yeah. yeah, he's a new guy. Um, what I, here's what I think. I think if he starts doing those movies that are not completely commercial, but not completely Villeneuve, yeah, he will turn into the second filmmaker that we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Oh, I'm excited about Ooh. this. <laughs> I think that's what will happen to Villeneuve if he does do that. I don't. I, I, I don't think, think so. If he plays with both ends of the spectrum, which movie maker are you guys talking about? I wonder. <laughs> Why so serious? Why so serious, indeed? So, so yeah, we were, we were listening to Hans Zimmer. We wanted to figure out if he had a German accent or an American accent. The, That's what you heard. This, this is basically what we did. Sorry, Alan, you couldn't be part of the excitement. It's but all I, right. But we realized that Hans Zimmer, who you just played has worked with both directors, Nolan and... And Villeneuve. And we were like, somebody needs to call Hans Zimmer and ask him who he prefers. <laughs> and then Had did a great German accent I did the German accent again, yeah. <laughs> so, then, so then he goes, you know, I don't think he has a German accent. I'm like, let's YouTube the accent. <laughs> so that was that, sorry. It turns out Hans Zimmer is a cross between British and German accent. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got a really interesting, uh, really interesting uh, accent. accent. Very yeah. interesting. Um, so we're back and we are going to be tackling um, it, it's about time now to talk about, uh, I think, uh, a very divisive director. I think he has a very loyal fan base, that's for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, a lot of people love his work. Um, I love some of his work. Me too. Um, and I'm very critical over a lot of his other work. Me too. <laughs> and the director that we're talking about is the one and only Christopher Nolan. Yes. Um, director of the Dark Knight trilogy, Interstellar, Inception, Memento. Prestige. Prestige. Insomnia. Insomnia. Uh, Dunkirk. Um, and, uh, was that the latest one? Dunkirk? Yeah, the yeah. last one he did was Dunkirk. Dunkirk was, that was the last one. So here, let me just start off. So my my issue with Christopher Nolan is, is that I feel like I've seen him in many interviews. Uh, there's a documentary called Side by Side that I watched, which basically talks about the debate between uh, digital filmmaking and, and uh, you know, shooting on digital, shooting on film. My issue with Christopher Nolan is that he does tend to come off as a very pretentious person. Thank you. Oh, my um, God, if I ever meet him. <laughs> you know. He's going to go on record. <laughs> 
and again, this is this. I, I try to say this with the utmost respect to him, but he does speak like he's somehow the lord of cinema, and I don't like people who do that. Um, I think even there are there are directors that are bigger than him that act way more humble than he does. Um, he speaks about shooting on film like, well, this is how cinema should be, and I'm like, uh, no. Cinema's always been an evolution of technology. You don't have, you know, like take a chill pill. He's like, I can't work on a film set if I don't have those like breaks in between when reels are being changed. I'm like, do you also need to go to a spa and a nail salon in between? Like, I, anyway, his movies, there are a lot of his films that I absolutely wholeheartedly adore. Not like I adore. I've yep. seen them. Countless times. I've read the screenplays. Um, and then there are some where I just want to shoot myself. Because I feel like this is his pretentiousness talking down to an audience. We were talking about Denis Villeneuve a little earlier, that he has his niche. Um, he, he has his standard. He has his intellect. But he never talks down to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's... it's it's class. It's cl it's clean, sharp filmmaking. It's not well. If you don't understand metaphysics, you're not going to understand this movie. It's not. You need to go take a class on metaphysics to understand even twenty five percent of Interstellar. If not, you're only going to get the shallow human love uh, uh, storyline. But you're not going to get anything else. You're just going to be like, oh, okay. I don't understand any of the rules, but um, cool. Whereas Inception, for example was a smart film, but he wasn't talking down to us. It was a smart movie that if you saw more than once, it was easy to understand. Whereas Interstellar, I've seen like four or five times, I still don't, I still don't get the metaphysics crap. <laughs> it bothers the living crud out of me that I just, I just can't get it. Yeah. That's what bothers me about Nolan, aside from other stuff, but I'm going to let you guys jump in and then I'll talk about the other things that bother me about him. And then we'll talk about how much I love go, him. Go, okay, so I'm gonna be. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. gonna be you're gonna be Switzerland here because you like Nolan. I like so. Nolan. Okay, I I so like the majority. Like him, the majority. I sort of, of his like work. him, and Yumna and, uh, is just like not a not a big fan. Yumna's not a huge fan, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I just agree with every word Alan said. Yeah. <laughs> but but we were talking about this just before we went on air, and and if you look at Nolan and if you look at Villeneuve, I think anything Nolan did pre Interstellar wasn't pretentious and wasn't all these things you said. Mm -hmm. And from Interstellar on, you have just Interstellar and Dunkirk, which are two movies. So I think it, we're, we're judging way too much and we have to see what Nolan is going to do next. Uh, and he has much more m material than, than Villeneuve does. True. Uh, who knows what, what Villeneuve will do in 15, 17, 20 true, years. Very well, true, very true. I don't know. Yeah. I love his earlier works, definitely Memento, Insomnia. They were fascinating movies to me. Uh, he was fresh. He was original. He mm -hmm. came at a time where uh, the industry was a bit kind of boring. Dull. Yeah. Exactly. So he, he brought something new to the table. Uh, what he did with Batman, mm -hmm. that whole trilogy just mm -hmm. elevated. Yes. See that for me. This I, is one of the works that yeah. I absolutely adore. Yeah. And, and I, I, brought, I would be stupid if I said that he the brought Dark Knight trilogy realism was not good. Yeah. to a superhero. Uh, he brought the right amount of darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, he gave us Ledger. He yes. gave us Bale. He yes. gave us uh, Michael Caine. He gave us these these iconic Batman characters. And 
Okay, I, I can understand, again, things going yeah. downwards after, uh, what's it called? Uh, Interstellar Dunkirk was, to me, technically interesting, but the story was, uh, mm, okay. I, there was a story? Something yeah, about a story? Uh, something about airplanes and uh, yeah, and, and I mean and boats, boats and land. No, okay. So I have yeah. a I have a very funny. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, sorry, a little detour, but I have a very funny Dunkirk story. So I, at the screening, we were watching Dunkirk, um, because I w- I would like to say that I at least understand Nolan's style and I understand Nolan's uh, love for playing with time, yeah. right? Um, so we the movie ends and and the row in front of me, this guy stands up and goes. You know that guy at the end in the plane? He's that other kid's father. Nobody's going to get it. And I'm sitting there going, no, 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 no. You, 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 you moron. No. No, he's not his father. Those all three things are happening at the same time. It's just they're, uh, Nolan, you and your, like, yeah. over convoluted, like, time <laughs> management crap. Oh, uh, man. Okay, Yumna, you talk Yeah, we want to hear you. I mean, the thing is... I agree with the both of you in the sense that I remember thinking, Memento, he saved Batman. There was such a, man, growing up, we were watching those Batman movies and they kept getting worse and worse, you know? And then he comes and it's like, what is this? For me, what he did with the Dark Knight trilogy beats any Marvel movie. I know it's crazy to say that. No, I I mean- Marvel, Marvel's done a terrific job. We all know it, but he said- you know, he, he elevated DC, just like mm-hmm. you said, huh? Yeah, he yeah, elevated yeah. DC. He made Batman he, relevant. And he made Batman a real hero, not like, ha ha, he he, you mm-hmm. know? No, like, this guy comes from a dark place, and look at look at the story. And I felt, oh, it was, it was such a pleasure to be there. But I can't understand how he's capable of doing that. And then during Interstellar and Dunkirk, and I know some critics would rip me to shreds for saying this, but I, I think I wanted to leave the movie theater. Like, I was just like, like Interstellar, I was like, oh, come on, three hours for this. And then Dunkirk, I was just like, okay, we need to take notes because I don't know when is who and what is. Yeah. It was just, it just, it got, for me, it got messy. It was messy. Uh, and I understand what he was trying to do. And I applaud him for it. You know, it's the first time you watch a movie where you don't see the enemy. It was unbelievable. He was filming from, you just don't, you never see your enemy. So it was kind of like, wow, look at this war movie, how differently it's shot. But it's pretentious filmmaking. So I agree with you on that. And it has nothing to do with me hearing him talk. I see it in the filmmaking because it's like, he's so overconfident that everybody's going to get it and everybody should get it. And then you're like... No, no, yeah, no, yeah, Nolan, no, because, and, and, you know, and even though Geneva Neve is refined and it's niche, you never feel like it's pretentious. And that's why he's so good yeah, because even, it's elegant and, and refined filmmaking, but it's not pretentious. Nolan, it's like, look at what I can do. Look at what I can do. Yeah, Y'all but it's didn't recent. Think about that. To me, it's recent with Nolan. Know. It wasn't early Nolan. Know. This is what I feel. Earlier yeah. Nolan was not. But well, nobody's I mean, going to take it away from him that he's a terrific filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, and he no, set no, no. Himself look, apart, look, again, 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 I respect his work. Mm. It's just, you know, this is why we have this show. This is why we, you know, yeah. the spotlight episodes. Um, Nolan, Nolan's first film, which was essentially Memento, yeah. right? Mm. This was a very look at me, look at what I can do. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't that, I don't think it would have been as, as, as critically acclaimed as it was. This was Nolan going, hey, you know what? You know what, narrative storytelling? Take that. 
I'm going to tell a story backwards. And this was a very show-offy move to do. It's innovative, it's smart, it's brilliant, but it is show-offy. I, I don't agree with the show-offy part. But with that, no. He was trying to do something different. Why? Why? Why is? Maybe because you have that image of him in that interview in your head, and you see him as no, no, doing that pretentiously. I'm it's, not it's, saying it's, that it was. I'm not saying that it was pretentious. I'm saying that it was him trying to show off his 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 guns. He's, and that's he's just not, twisting and that's things not, around. It's and why not, not a bad thing. I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad thing, but I'm saying that's kind of how right. he got his his how he the Nolan ball started rolling. Okay. Then you get films like The Prestige, which is essentially uh, his commentary on cinema, mm. which is brilliant. Mm. Okay, this movie is just. Genius. Probably my favorite of his. And, and it mm. came out along the same time as The Illusionist, mm. and it ate up The Illusionist. Yeah, true. Because this movie was Who just... remembers The Illusionist? It's, it's just boom. Mm. It's so good. Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, at their finest, I think. The, the, the whole movie is, is great. Yeah. Um, then you had Insomnia, which mm -hmm. was also... But then, but look at all of these movies, and this is... It's kind of bringing me to the point that I wanted mm. to bring up. Look at all of these movies... And so you've got Memento, you've got, uh, uh, what was it? It Was it Insomnia afterwards? I think so. Yeah, Memento, Insomnia, Batman Begins. Batman Begins, The Prestige, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. No, Inception. Inception, Dark The Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Interstellar Dunkirk. Absolutely. You look at all these movies, okay? I look at them and I go, Memento, okay, time. Insomnia, time. Prestige, timing. Batman Begins, sort of about time, not really. No. <laughs> and then you had, what was it? Uh, the, dark, the Dark Knight, Inception. Inception, Inception all about time. Um, the Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, uh, yeah, The Dark Knight Rises. A matter of time. <laughs> Interstellar, all about time. And then Dunkirk, convoluted time. So in a lot of ways... This is what I meant about him repeating the same theme over and over and over again. He's just applying it in different storylines. It's like, okay, so you even had to bring time into war? <laughs> like, is, can't you just think of something else to do? Like, Dunkirk was literally inception in war. Like, that's what it was. Time in space, time on land, time on what you gotta... Be. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. And again, this isn't a, I'm not like, I'm not hating on Nolan because again, like I said, like I like his movies. It's just, it's funny that you see this happening across the majority of his films. It's, I think he's just obsessed with time. I think we lost you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, I'm just, I think it's just. Cause I never thought of it this way. And then I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I could just picture Nolan going, well, how else are we going to explore time now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's hilarious. And it's not, but it's not just Nolan, right? It's not just Christopher Nolan. It's also his brother, yeah. Jonathan Nolan, who's also obsessed with time because AKA He's the script Westworld, writer. which is all about fragmented time and, and oh. things in past and present. And you don't know what that, I think the Nolans just have an issue. Someone with call their parents and try to understand what it's happened. Just, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's, it's, it's called Hans Zimmer. But you know what, you know what you, you, you'll give this to Nolan. Every single one of his work, even though a piece of work, even though it's, um, it's been divisive. A lot of critics adore it. Oh, praise. look, again, like it, what he, it's, technically it's, what he did in it, Dunkirk is insane. It's been very hard. 
you'll always find somebody. He really established a fan base that yeah. is that is obsessed with him. I mean, I remember my husband, who's also a big movie fan, after Dunkirk had come out and we were getting close to the Oscar season last year, mm-hmm. when we were reading the predictions, every single movie magazine or movie database or internet website or whatnot had Dunkirk in as the, the best in the picture, first, right? In the first spot, if, if not the first, in the top three. Yeah. And I remember he was like, Dunkirk's going to win. And I'm like, I'm like, no way. This was before like all the other ones came out. And I was like, how could they predict this? They're like, they feel it's the most superior, best war movie. I'm like, what are they talking about? So... Yeah, for me, was, like, for me, you want to talk, you wanna talk about superior war so movie, you go watch Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Like, that's what you go watch. Listen, you know you and I speak the same language because that's my favorite war movie. Yeah. It's up there with, you know, The Pianist and Schindler's List and, you know, some of those really good ones. But Either that or, like, Black Hawk Down because both are really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was a very good one, too. I just remember thinking, but if so many critics are hailing this movie, mm-hmm. then Nolan's got something. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm... I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. Not with not with mm. Dunkirk, at least. Uh, the Prestige. The Presti- uh, You know what? That's as good as the Dark Knight trilogy to me. Yeah, oh, of course. I, it's one of my favorites. I always I, I watch it like every two years. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So so so. <laughs> so what's left to say about uh, Nolan? I don't well, know. I, mean, I look. Yeah, I was expecting you to do a lot more advocating for Nolan. No, I'm, I'm I I've said what I wanted to say. I'm not gonna like argue for for, for no, hours. No, no, no. I'm not telling you to yeah, argue yeah. for argument's sake. I'm yeah, just, but you know, like, no, I, I really like his earlier works. The last two movies yeah. weren't very good. He doesn't have anything in the pipeline, I think, as director for no, the time I, being. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Have you checked his, uh, yeah, his IMDb? Yeah, I I, re- I checked it before the show and there okay. was not, he wasn't directing anything. Nothing. Okay. Is he producing anything? Is there anything I think, with... I think there, there, yeah, there are a few things production-wise. I'm not sure what they are. He'll come back. No but way. yeah, he's definitely gonna do something. Oh, he does this every time. He like he fades away for a couple of years and then. But he, he takes his time again. Yeah. Like something we've been talking about. Uh, taking t- time. Taking yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's to a fan of time. time. Yeah. What to do? Maybe he's gonna do Back to the Future next. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> time travel. I'm gonna go ahead and ask the same question that I asked about Villeneuve. Yeah. Uh, which is if you could, you know, throw, uh, um, uh. You know, if you could th- if you could throw Nolan uh, uh, into a franchise that already exists or somewhere mm-hmm. in something that already exists, what what would it be? What where could you see him kind of? You know, mm. I have an answer for that. Okay, I think he did such a terrific job with DC, and in my opinion, we haven't seen anything from DC that has been as successful or has moved us in that way. So I. <laughs> I wish he could just take over that whole universe. And I know it would be like very single, you know, kind of singular for him Mm -hmm. because he likes to explore. But what he did with the Dark Knight and the superhero movies, I mean, he could... I mean, I guess Wonder Woman was very much critically acclaimed, but he. he uh, Wonder Woman. I, think I wish he. I wish he take Superman. I wish he take Wonder Woman. I wish he take up Justice League. I mean, Nolan can do that. Nolan I mean, can do that. So for me, it would be DC. I agreed. The whole I think thing. I, could, I give him the whole thing. It's funny because we're not. Um, 
we're not the only ones that are asking what is what should he do next? Like it's all over the internet. Like what you know, suspense is killing us as we wait for Nolan's you know next project. Mm. I hate that much, much they love him. It's love it's great. It's crazy. It's crazy. And a lot of people, a lot of people are saying that they want him back into the um, DC. DC. Yeah. They want to see him back uh, as a DC director, or uh, you know, to have his hand in something DC oriented. You-, you know what I want him to do. Yeah. I, okay, this is going to sound very weird. I want him to do a kid's movie because <laughs> I think okay. I think it'll put things in perspective for him, may, make him come down from his uh, his high castle or whatever you want to call it and, and dealing with children, working with children and, and, and doing something which kind of has that unique heart. I think it would be interesting to see him do something like that. Not I, in any specific I, I, I universe. I understand the heart part. I understand yeah. the heart part. I don't know if he'd do children, but I understand the heart yeah. part because he that's kind of what he's missing. Yeah, and maybe that will make him more of a down-to-earth filmmaker. We're not saying later. he's heartless, but yeah, we're yeah. saying well, that connection with people yeah. where there's heart and there's emotion because that would make him maybe more relatable and accessible. Which is crazy because some of his older films really had that connection. It's, Mm -hmm. it's only his last two films that you really disconnected with the characters because you had a connection in Inception, you had a connection in the uh, in the Prestige, you definitely had a connection to the characters in the Dark Knight trilogy. It's only Interstellar and definitely Dunkirk because I couldn't I couldn't tell you who the main character was, and apparently there was never supposed to be a main character because you know this is a movie about all the soldiers that blah 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 blah. <laughs> it wasn't the plane. No, it was not the plane. It was the boat. It was, it was the boat. <laughs> it was a battleship um, or something. I don't know. Um, for me, I think uh, th- th- a while back there was a big rumor circling that Nolan was uh, being talked about to helm a James Bond film. And uh, there were mm. a lot of rumors around that. I would Ooh. be interested yeah. to yeah. see what he does with that. I can see that. that. Yes. I can actually because, see that. Because I think that is another franchise where uh-huh. he can't do time. Mm. Or if he does do time, it could be very interesting. Do time as in jail? No, 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 no. <laughs> I meant like if he 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 includes yeah. you know uh, um, time elements or or narrative you know t- narrative tricks re- in relation to time. If he does do that in a James Bond film, it could offer up a very interesting maybe yeah. entry in the spy mm. espionage Bond world. So I think. Um, that's where good. I would He'd like to well. see him because Absolutely. if he can do to James Bond what he did to Batman, who, yeah. who child, you know? And I think he knows it. I think Nolan has been praised for what he did with Batman. Oh yeah, because that was such a bad. The way that ended before him, the Batman franchise was just. It was. I mean, it was. It plummeted. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a catastrophe. It was. Yeah, that's how bad it was. Yeah, and it, and he brought it back to life, but in such a in such a magnificent way. And a lot of people hate The Dark Knight Rises, by the way. Yeah. They, a lot of Last people did not one, like oh, it. I liked it. I, I loved it. I liked it. I loved the ending. It was Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved Bane. I loved Anne Hathaway. I was very nervous about Anne Hathaway being Catwoman. I really liked yeah. her connection yeah. with, um, Bruce. with Bruce. Um, I loved... Marion Cotillard. Marion Cotillard was in it. Um, I loved Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt and his ending at the end. And it just, it was a perfect conclusion yeah. to the trilogy. It was a very, very beautiful arc. I, th- I think that's what you call a trilogy. Yes. Which is like, uh, the first one was good, amen. the second one was good, amen. last one was good, amen. perfect. Amen, 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 amen. 
Cool, 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 But not I'm just not that, saying a movie star needs to die for a movie to oh do yeah, well. I but really that hope was, not. But, that, but it was so weird that that actually, it, it was unbelievable. Because yeah. then it was like, oh my God, they're talking about Oscar. And he ended up go, winning the Oscar, yeah. Heath Ledger, you know. Uh, but he, there was Was it talk. the Oscar that he won or was it the Golden Globe? No, the Oscar. he won the Oscar. Oh, it was the Oscar. The it was the Oscar. supporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A post post uh, Post mortem. Post mortem, yeah. Um, but I don't think it was just his demise, though. I think uh, Ledger's Joker was also yeah. so much talk just about it. Yeah. So I mean, so iconic. So yeah, yeah, yeah. After I mean, Jack Nicholson, yeah. I mean, that was those were, those were hard shoes to fill. He, he was he was the kid from Ten Things I Hate About You and, and a Night's, Night's Tale. Tale. He's gonna be the Joker. I mean, what? And then he just woof. Woof, Boom. what a performance. Yeah, it's going to be hard to top that. I mean, I don't think Jared Leto had even topped that. Now they're talking I don't about think Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. I don't I mean, think Jared Leto was given the chance yeah, to top it. We, because we've I talked think, about that. Yeah. I think... I think Leto has the potential because I I, I personally love Leto uh, mm. and all all his all his work his singing his acting, um, good singing. Big big fan of Jared Leto. So um, I don't think Jared Leto was given the chance to prove what he could do with the Joker. Um, uh, not to mention that he was also given a crappy script. Yeah. So um, <laughs> he's in the film for seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not um, enough. As far as what Joaquin is doing, I saw some of the leaked footage. I saw some of the pictures in the leaked footage. The way he was moving was very ledger. It was so ledger. And that for me, I was just like, oh no. But, I was but, hoping but that you, you were giving me something I, else. It, but, it might not even end up in the film. What yeah, you yeah, saw. I mean, so you, you don't know. I mean, it's too soon to but it judge. Was very, it was very Let's, like the, the jitters and the movements that Leto was doing. So it, I, you know. It's unbelievable that after Nicholson that really brought the Joker to life in a different light. Yeah. People said, how can you top that? Because that's an iconic role for yeah, Nicholson. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And then Heath Ledger sure. took it to another level in another yeah. way, won an Oscar for it. And I think that's why, yeah, I mean, listen, I got to say, Nolan terrific, Villeneuve even more More, 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 more terrific. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Yumna does have to get going. Uh, she has a big meeting she has to get Gentlemen, to. Gentlemen, thank you so, so much thank for you having so much. joining us. You are my favorite podcasters. Aww, and everybody, no, I'm not saying it because I'm on air. I'm saying it because it's true. Thank and you. Everybody needs to be. We need to coin a phrase for you guys, but seriously, <laughs> Thanks, screeners, so please. Screeners, yes. Thank you. I've been screened. <laughs> Hi, I'm all alone now. I'm not happy. I was with such a lovely lady. And yeah, now. she's awesome. Nah, We she's love her cool. so much. She's been such a great support for the show. Absolutely. She's she's great. She's great. And I love uh, um, her input. This yeah. is what I love. I love how well-spoken she is, how... how it's, it's so nice to have a conversation with her, yeah, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to have her back on the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I have a feeling she'll be one of our recurring... Uh, 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 guests. Guests, yeah, exactly. So, So um, on our spotlight um, today is the unforgettable scenes. Yes. Um, which I'm guessing we're going to choose uh, something from Arrival or um, uh, Villeneuve. So I know or, which one yeah, you're choosing from. Basically. <laughs> um, 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 we're going to be choosing from Villeneuve or Nolan. Um, uh, go ahead. All right. So I'm, I'm going to go for The Dark Knight. Okay. 
And I'm gonna go for the specific scene where uh, Harvey Dent and uh, what's her uh, Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal's character. I forgot her name in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, they've both been kidnapped oh, by the Joker. That scene. Oh man! And Batman has to pick who to save. And it's I think it's like a three minute scene. It's not very long, but within that time, you have. So much, you're stressed out, you're you're panicking, you don't know what he has to do, you don't know what's right, there, there is no right and wrong. And then when he decides to save uh, Maggie, he goes there and not her, ends up saving Harvey, and it's a downfall of Harvey. Yeah. That yeah. that white knight, that, that character who wanted to fight uh, these bad people legally in an ethical way, in a good way, in in front of everyone, not like because Bat Batman does it within the shadows and in the night, and, and that that final scene where where he falls and there's uh, I think gas petroleum and he burns half his face and 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 Batman comes and saves him. That that scene is so. It's it's just beautifully it's, performed it's by the, everybody. Yeah, and it's the, it's shot yeah. because the, you, you get that hope. Okay, he's gonna save her, but then it's not her. And then, and that the last words she tells him because they, they can speak to each other via uh, radio or something. And, and she says something to Bruce, and then boom, devastating, devastating. What a powerful, what a powerful. Yeah, scene. I believe a lot of people were not expecting that. Yeah. Outcome. I think a lot of us were like, yeah, of course it's going to save the girl. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, of course it's going to save Rachel. Um, Rachel, yeah, that's... Yeah, of course it's going to save Rachel. And, the, the you know, seeing him not save Rachel is just like, oh. Not, not just not, not being able to. Yeah. Because he does go for, for Rachel. Yeah. And the fact that the Joker up with his tricks, a thousand tricks up his sleeve... Um, it's just, uh, it's, it, it, it was interesting to put a, a hero in this kind of dilemma and yeah. do it so powerfully. Exactly. Uh, do it so powerfully. So for me, um, the, the, I'm going to cheat a little cause it's not necessarily the scene. It's a, a scene, uh, but it is the final sequence of arrival, uh, uh, arrival <laughs> that, that final sequence where everything kind of comes, <coughs> comes together Sorry. as had Chokes to no <laughs> small cough. That's all. Um, it, it is that final sequence where everything comes together and everything is kind of explained, and you get this like massive revelation of what mm-hmm. is actually happening uh, in the film. I think for me, that with the music and the performances um, and the realization um, that Amy Adams has. I mean, this is a mm. massive spoiler, but the realization that Amy Adams has that the daughter that she's going to bear is actually going to have to be sacrificed so that everybody else can survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she decides to have the baby anyway. Yeah. Like this whole sequence at the end is just, it's so magnificent, so heartbreaking, so powerful because it's so layered. Like you, you get to see a mother's love, a mother's determination, uh, 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 understanding, uh, uh, sacrifice, love. I mean, it's all of these emotions, all of them packed together in one punch, one beautiful, beautifully executed sequence with a fantastic score at the end. Uh, it's just, it's a great moment. I had goosebumps watching that sequence. I, I even, I believe I even shed a tear at that moment. Mm. I was just like, this is, this is just, this is pure, pure genius, pure joy. Um, 
Yeah. So essentially, that's, that's absolutely. It's, that's it's, it. a, it's a beautiful scene and a beautiful film. It's a great film. With Such also, a great film. I, look, I love being surprised by a film. And, yes. Yes. And Arrival does it on many levels. The, the, the whole communication thing, as you said before, the twist, uh, and, and it does play with time. Two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he stole, he stole one from. Uh, yeah, but not not, not as complex I know, as I know. Not as complex uh, as. But yeah, definitely a very interesting film. I think, again, I think more people. I want more people to watch Villeneuve films. That's that's why I was talking about him tackling a bit more commercial kind of films yeah, because sure. he deserved he deserves to be seen to be known to be more heard of not just by critics not just by people who love cinema but moviegoers who appreciate watching films Agreed. casually Agreed. so yeah that's that's uh that's, that's it. it yeah really. so on that note we're gonna end today's episode of script to screen spotlight you can follow us at alan mahana and had dot solo those are instagram accounts you can also check us out our uh, on our website www.scriptoscreenpod.com you can also listen to us on and rami spotify pod chasers uh, pod youtube Podcast. So all of those, make sure you go to the cinema. Make sure you continue this beautiful conversation without toxicity, non-toxic conversation about film and television. Uh, make sure you join us tomorrow for a brand new episode of Script to Screen News Hour. We are out of here. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. Hi, I'm Alan. And I am Hat Solo. And together we can rule the galaxy. <laughs> uh, that might take too much time. Let's talk about films and TV instead. That makes sense. Join us at 3 p.m. every Friday for Script to Screen Spotlight and Saturday for the Script to Screen News Hour. We'll be discussing all the latest news from the film and TV industry. And we'll also enchant you with some of the greatest songs and soundtracks out there. Script to Screen, only on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard.